Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Friends with Benefits wrote in to ask me this question. She says, I'm 43 and currently in a casual relationship with someone who's 30. It started as a friends with benefits kind of thing, but my feelings have grown considerably. He's always been honest with me about his desire to not have a serious relationship right now, which I'm trying to respect, but I don't normally do casual. I'm trying my best to stay present and enjoy what we have in the moment, yet I also want to stay true to myself and protect my heart. Based on my birth chart, will it ever be possible for me to have casual relationships? Friends with Benefits was born on October 6, 1976 at 3.50 a.m. in Brooklyn, New York. So this question is really an important one, and I'm going to answer it. Slash also, Friends with Benefits, you've asked me the wrong question. I know you wanted to ask me the question you wanted to ask me, but you've asked the wrong question. And this is in part why I've chosen your question, because when we ask the wrong question of ourselves, of our lives, of our tarot cards, of our astrologers, we get the wrong answer, aka we get an answer that doesn't satiate the part of you that is inquiring, right? What you've done is you've explained to me that you're in a casual relationship with somebody who's meaningfully younger and that he's really clear that he doesn't want to be in a relationship, right? He's just like, let's bone and move on. And you've said to him, cool, cool, cool. Let's bone and move on. I'm fine with that. And you're asking me, will you ever be capable to have a casual relationship? So you've asked me a very general question. You've skipped over the part where you are secretly, not secretly, continuing to do something that you have discovered is not actually working for you in the hopes that he'll change his mind or that you will magically change. And you are feeling funky about that. My guess is this is not the first time that you have been in a situation where you are doing something that doesn't work for you in the hopes that something magically changes. Now we've all done that. And we've all done that. We do it. That's a human thing. Uh, It's a human thing. It's a Libra thing. It's clearly a thing that you're dealing with right now. But the other thing is you haven't asked me, is it healthy for me to be with this person at this time? Is it possible for me to get into the kind of intimate relationship that I want to be in? Those aren't the questions you've asked. They're the questions you should have asked. So what I want to just start off by saying is that in your efforts to hold on to what you have with him, you've already abandoned yourself. You've already stopped putting yourself at the center of your own felt experience. And so whatever that comes from putting yourself to the side, whether it's self-inquiry, whether it's an action, is going to, on some level, generate some anxiety for you. Because you've decided on some level that how you feel and what you want is not the right thing, the good thing. So instead, you're going to figure out, can I be better? Can I be different? Let's just hop right in to your birth chart, okay? Now, you are currently going through your Uranus opposition. So the Uranus opposition happens, it's different for different generations, but it's generally around the early 40s. Can happen as early as the late 30s, but it's generally early 40s. So the Uranus opposition what it marks is midlife crisis, right? So when I was growing up, the stereotype is of the guy leaving his family 
to get a sports car and to hook up with the secretary and like leave leave everyone behind. It's this like moment of last chances. There is this part of you that is grasping at a life that you want to have, but it's not totally present. Now, what I mean is it's a life that you want to have, not based on who you are right now, where you are right now, what's happening right now, but based on what you once wanted, what you think you should want. You know what I'm saying? And in your birth chart, you have a Uranus-Venus conjunction. A Uranus-Venus conjunction in the birth chart can often indicate that you like people who are really different from you, people who you know you may have an age gap with, a cultural gap with, people who just have a really different way of engaging with the world. Uranus-Venus conjunction often is in the charts of people who aren't in committed monogamous relationships or in heterotypical, really traditional relationships. Uranus is the iconoclast of the zodiac. It is the the planet that governs queerness. And I don't mean gayness. I mean like that which is outside of the mainstream and the dominant culture. So having this Uranus-Venus conjunction certainly indicates that you get yourself into or you find yourself in situations that are of the moment, but not necessarily giving you something for the future. You're also a Libra with a Virgo rising. So you have a Sun-Pluto conjunction in your birth chart. You have a Venus-Saturn square in your birth chart. And what these two things mean is you're very partnership-oriented, very and in fact, quite monogamous in nature. You like monogamy. Now, the Venus-Uranus aspect in your birth chart says you don't, but Saturn square Venus says you do. Pluto conjunct to the sun can indicate real attachment issues. So what wins? Now, we tend to have stronger parts of our nature or parts of our nature that we feed, but we're messy, we're nuanced. And so I think what's happening now is You're actually experiencing that you were capable of having a casual fun time with this guy for a really short period of time. And my guess is that was really fun (laughs) and it was really wonderful. And then once it got affirmed that it was really wonderful, it stopped being casual for you. It started being personal and intimate for you. And at that point, would ideally speaking have been the time that you bounced, right? And the reason why I say this is because it sounds like this dude has been really clear with you. He doesn't want anything serious and he's 30. So a 30-year-old who doesn't want anything serious with you uh, probably is is a 30-year-old who doesn't want anything serious. why, Why do I mention age? I'm an astrologer. I do not think age is just a number. Of course I don't. The reality is we go through certain transits. Everyone goes through certain transits at certain times of our lives. You know, the Saturn return is one. Everyone goes through it at around the same age. There's the Uranus opposition is another that everyone goes through around the same age, but there are, there are many others. And they indicate points of maturity, growth, setbacks, um, accelerated development, all of it, all of it. Age is relevant. And that doesn't mean it's good or it's bad to be in a May-December romance at all. But to say that age is not a relevant factor would be ignoring the meaningful years of development that occur between 30 and 43. I mean, I don't know about you, but from 30 to your mid-40s or your early mid-40s, it's a lot of growth. There's a lot of life living, right? A lot of cultural shifts. So it's important to acknowledge that he's at a different stage of life than you. 
because he's telling you he is, and also because there is that developmental gap between the two of you. And that further kind of moves along, I would say, the need to really believe him when he tells you he's not available. And so the question you ask me of, are you capable of casual relationships? Yes, you are. For about 15 minutes, not a half hour, girl. No, sir, not at all. You are capable of casual, I would say you're a good hit it and quit it kind of girl. Maybe you can hit it once, twice, thrice. My guess is not four times. I would say the rule of three is a great rule for you. You know, have a great time three times. Maybe spread it out over the course of, I don't know, a weekend. Maybe spread it out over the course of a month. But I wouldn't say spreading it out over the course of several months makes a lot of sense for you because you do get attached. Because you do want to be known and to know someone. You want someone to grow with. You want someone who is invested in you and chooses you and chooses you again and again. And being with someone who's really clearly not going to do that, not because he doesn't like you. Maybe, maybe it's because he doesn't like you, but I don't think that's what the case is here. The case is here, it's that it's not what he wants. It's just not what he wants in his life. And if you're acting down, then he's like, oh, jackpot. She doesn't want more. I don't want more. Cool. Moving along. But you do want more. And you are capable of casual, but not in the way you're doing it and not at this point and not in this moment with this man. Sorry. What this kind of bumps into, my dear, is your willingness to take a chance on yourself, your willingness to center yourself. And I don't mean this in a selfish way, in a taking what's not yours sort of way. But what I am saying is, If you're looking to see, can you change to better adapt to a situation that is inherently not working for you, then you have centered someone who has told you that they don't want to be there for the long haul. And the reason why you've done that is out of fear of having heartache over losing him. Maybe it's out of fear of loneliness. The truth is, loneliness is really difficult. Loneliness is really painful. And It's interesting to me of all the questions I get for the podcast, and I get a lot of questions for this podcast. Not a lot of people use the word loneliness, but I can tell you that loneliness, fear of loneliness, shame around loneliness, in many ways is at the center of a huge chunk of the questions I get. When you have Saturn in the 12th, it indicates that you have come here in this lifetime in no small way to develop backbone for yourself to give yourself permission to be self-reliant, to know yourself, and to have boundaries. And those boundaries are not about rules. They're about saying, I know that I can be casual to a point, and then at that point, I become really attached because if I'm having a great time with casual, then I fall for myself, and I fall for the person. I fall for the whole dynamic. And as soon as I fall for the dynamic that is so successfully casual, I'm no longer casual. If you can accept that about yourself, then you can do the very difficult work of saying, hey, bro, this was super fun. I really enjoyed it. I wish I could enjoy it more with you, but I have crossed into the threshold of feelings. And, uh, you know, you've been really clear with me that you don't want to get into a situation that's about feelings. And I respect that. So I got to take care of myself and, and I have to go moving forward in general in these kinds of situations. And even with this person now, to be able to say to him, At this point, I can't keep on hooking up with you because I have feelings. If you actually want to go out on a date and get to know each other in that way, hey, you have my number. Call me. Bada bing, 
bada-boom, I'm afraid that's the answer. And my, my sense is, looking at your birth chart, that in hearing me say that, you're kind of going to what I call deal with the devil thinking, where you're like, okay, okay, that might be true, but I'm not yet. I won't do it yet. I'll do it in a week. I'll do it in a month. I can't do it now because. And I want to encourage you to be really careful around that because it is not a great dynamic for you. Let's talk about your birth chart. You are currently going through a Uranus trying to your ascendance. You are also going through a Pluto sextile to the moon in the seventh house. And what these things mean eh, is a lot of things. But amongst the many things that it means is that you could get into a relationship, like a relationship you want to be in. Perhaps one that is spacious, where somebody's not like available 24 hours a day and needing to be with you 24 hours a day, but who is invested in you and wants to center you as their romantic partner. And somebody who wants to get to know you and you want to get to know that you've great chemistry with sexual, emotional, mental chemistry. I think for you, the tricky part is figuring out how much space is too much space, how much attention is too much attention, how much is not enough. And this is a really fertile time for you to be open to investigating that. Not in reaction to what the person you're dating wants, but in reaction to your own nature, your own capacity, your own, your own needs. Find someone who's a match to who you really are. Don't try to become unmatched to the person you're crushed out on. What you're doing right now is you're allowing yourself to fall in love with the potential of who the two of you could be if only he was really different. And that's heartbreak right there. That's not good for you. So what I'm encouraging you to do is step willfully into the heartache of losing him for the right reasons so that you can choose yourself. And then to leave room for someone who doesn't lead with, I don't want to date someone in a real way. Because when someone says, I want to be there for you when you're horny, but I don't want to be there for you when you're sick, that's not your person to date. That's your person only to be horny with. And are you capable of that long-term? No, 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 you're not. And that's not bad. Don't feel bad about that. Goddamn. Embrace yourself. We're messy. We get to have our preferences. Now, one last word here. I really do believe you want to be partnered. And I also believe that you need a great deal of space, personal space, to be alone in your head with yourself. I also see that you need your friendships to sometimes be one-on-one -on -one friendships. You don't always need to be dragging around the person you're dating to hang out with you and your friends. I want to encourage you to prioritize finding someone to be romantically intimate with that you can trust. You can trust to say, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my friends tonight, and that's not going to be a huge conflict. But also, you can trust them with your heart. You can trust them with your body around having space, taking space. It doesn't have to be all in or not in at all, right? It doesn't have to be that way. So don't hide your light under a bushel, a bushel made of your own, of your own design. I don't even know what a bushel is, but I'm saying you don't need to feel bad about what you are. You need to embrace it. And from the place of embracing what you are, you can then start finding people who better match you and then, you know, make compromises as is needed because all relationships require compromise. But as I always say, those compromises should not compromise who and what you are. My love, embrace yourself. There are four times as many empty homes in Oakland, California, as there are people without homes. Moms for Housing is a collective of homeless and marginally housed mothers. 
No one should be homeless when homes are sitting empty. Housing is a human right. Moms for Housing is uniting mothers, neighbors, and friends to reclaim housing for the Oakland community from the big banks and real estate speculators. To learn more or to donate to this cause, visit momsforhousing.org. That's moms4housing.org. Or send a text to 510-800-7810 to get updates. Ever-loving lovers, it's time for more astrology. I'm actually in New York on a book tour, and if you're in New York, you should come see me live on February 17th at Rizzoli Bookstore. That's the last event that you could come see me at. Hope you do it. But here's the thing. I'm pre-recording a podcast about astrology during the shadow of the Mercury retrograde to be published on the day that Mercury goes retrograde. Am I defying the odds? You tell me. Anyways, we're looking at the horoscope of February 16th through the 22nd, 2020, and it starts off with Mercury retrograde, which is something I have touched on in the last couple of episodes. What is also happening on the 16th of February is Mars moves into Capricorn. Mars moves into Capricorn, joining Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. Is it Capricorn enough for you yet? Is it? So there's a lot to talk about. Mars is a planet of forward motion. It is the planet of war and aggression and fighting. It is the planet of doing it, aka fornicating, aka getting busy. And, uh, you know, Capricorn is a systematic, pragmatic, step-by-step sort of sign. Mars and Capricorn can be a transit that gives you stamina and staying power. Uh, It can give you the capacity to actually get things done. It could also have you concerned a little bit too concerned with what other people think of how you're doing, what you're doing, whether you're doing it quickly enough, that kind of thing. The big news here is that Mercury retrograde. As promised, I pulled the chart of the Mercury retrograde. I'm going to tell you all about it. Now, you know that Mercury is in Pisces. And during this retrograde, it will move into Aquarius before it goes direct again. And it's going to stay retrograde until the 9th of March. And this particular Mercury retrograde, you know, because it's in Pisces, because it's not only in Pisces, but it's pretty close to the planet Neptune. It's not a very tight conjunction, but it is an in-orbit conjunction. We can expect some fuzziness of mind, some sense of distraction, idealization, romanticizing facts, aka having a hard time holding on to facts. You know, you might find yourself getting like lost in in terms of like trying to navigate the city, uh, lost in your thoughts, lost in a detail, that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's a totally bad thing. Sometimes the best way to find yourself is to get a little lost. Sometimes the most fertile time for figuring something out is when you're in the shower and you're totally distracted and you're not thinking about it at all. This can be a time for really allowing yourself to be in the more subtle parts of your process, the more subtle parts of your thoughts, to sit with nuance. That's kind of cool. The downside, of course, about getting lost is it's hard to, <laughs> to know where you're going or where you are when you're feeling lost, right? And so if there's things that are uh, litigious or contractual or that require great concentration, memorization, you might just want to give it a little more space. And when I say more space, I don't mean more fixated focus. I mean schedule in a little more breaks, schedule in more check-ins, 
ask for more support, that kind of stuff. And the Mercury retrograde, as always, is something we are all in together. So you might be just tra-la-la, I don't know why Mercury retrograde doesn't bother me, but everyone else is getting bothered and dropping the ball or getting lost in space or whatever it is. And so, you know, this is a great time for reviewing your relationship to patience, your relationship to perfectionism, because really what this is an opportunity to do is to reflect and review right? I know I say it a lot with these retrogrades, but I want to drill it in there because the more you can embrace the opportunity to reflect, review, reassess, reconfigure, the more use you'll make of this transit. Also, what we have during this transit, as I said, is a bunch of stuff in Capricorn. And Jupiter is forming a lovely little sextile to that Mercury-Neptune. For me, when I look at this, I got to say, it simply suggests that there's something in the in-between. There's value in the getting lost. Now, on a more humanitarian level, this is actually a really great time for engaging your humanity. It's a really powerful time for cultivating empathy, for understanding in a more broad sense something that is ultimately quite humane. So that might be around the environment or the humans that inhabit it or the people that are animals that inhabit it. Yes, I do believe that animals have personhood. You know, you'll, you'll figure out what this is about for you and what you feel called to cultivate or expand in your life. But I hope it's something because this Mercury retrograde is kind of a facilitator for that. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of the Jupiter-Neptune sextile in a moment. But the other thing I want to say about this Mercury retrograde is that I do believe that it is an opportunity for us to confront our relationship to fear. And I actually mean fear of men. And I don't mean men as in males, cis males, or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the archetype of men with power, essentially like the patriarchy, but it is inclined based on the Mars Chiron square that I'm looking at. It is inclined to be personified by an individual or some individuals. So that might be looking at men in power, you know, like presidents and prime ministers and stuff like that. It might be father figures, bosses, that kind of thing. It's about looking at how the shadow of that archetype looms in your thinking uh, and how it maybe impacts your relationships, your personal relationships, your relationship to money, relationship to your body. It might be your fear of war, your fear of, you know, destruction or feeling helpless or hopeless in response to power structures or individuals with power and how they are wielding that power. But it is a kind of engaging time to allow yourself to review, to get a little lost in your feelings and thoughts about it in efforts to gain greater self-awareness. When I say greater self-awareness, you know, we're talking about Mercury, which is thoughts. It's your mental health. It's analysis and words. But self-awareness is not just about Mercury. It can't be. That's just blah, 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 blah. It's about feelings, right? It's about having the capacity to be emotionally present with what you are cognitively understanding. Because when we are emotionally present, it changes the color, the tone, uh, the texture of what we cognitively understand. It just does. So I want to encourage you to hold space for that, for the messiness, even the scariness. 
of what you are confronted with, this Mercury retrograde. Happily, it's not a terribly long one, but unfortunately, it's likely to be really felt. You know, you're really going to feel this one. You probably already are. Now, as I always say, just be generous. Can you please? Generous with yourself, generous with others. And when you fuck up, which you will do because you're a person living a life, or when someone else fucks up, try to hold space for we all get to fuck up. We all get to make mistakes. And if, you know, your mistake is at the expense of my wellness, I can have grace and patience around that wasn't personal and still say I am going to hold some hard assed boundaries. Just because we hold space for where others are coming from does not mean we need to consent to the dynamic. Now, on the 20th, that Jupiter sextile to Neptune that I mentioned will be exact to the degree. And, you know, whenever we have two outer planets, two of these slower moving planets forming a transit or an aspect to each other, it impacts not just your day or your month. It impacts the generation. You know, it impacts society. That's cool, isn't it? This is something that we'll look back on. This is important. So the positive potential of a Jupiter sextile Neptune is something I just touched on before. It's that we can cultivate greater empathy. We can use art and music as a way to inspire activism, seeing the dignity in others, and real change, real change. The downside of this particular aspect, even though it's a sextile, is that we can all just point our faces to the light and say, light, love, light, love, everything's great. I'm going to focus on the positive. And that's kind of it. Thoughts and prayers are beautiful. I am a massive fan of thoughts and prayers. Love them. I think thoughts and pray prayers all the live long day. Hugely into it. However, not enough. Thoughts and prayers are meant to bolster us as individuals and as a collective in doing the right thing. The right thing by you, ideally, is the right thing by all of us, right? It's, it's in consideration of all of us. So if there's a way that you can engage with the world with greater empathy and humanity, this is a beautiful thing. You are part of a positive change that will have lasting impact. And if you can't, that's okay. Maybe somebody else's art, beauty, writing, activism, somebody else's calling that they put out into the world is meant to touch you. Maybe that's the case. Be open to being touched. I didn't mean it to be dirty. What I meant was be open to being affected by others, helped, healed, inspired by others. Maybe you feel called to be the inspirer, the helper, and the healer. Yay you. But there is nothing but loveliness and being receptive and open. So be receptive and open if that's where you're at. On the 21st, we have a Mars trine to Uranus. Now, Mars trine to Uranus is another lovely transit. Uh, Mars is what we do, whether we're talking about fornicating or we're talking about driving your car or getting involved in projects. It's how we do it. It's the pace and ferocity with which we approach things. And Uranus is freedom, autonomy, individuality, humanitarian efforts and concerns. And a trine or a 120 degree angle is, it's a really lovely flow of energy. And when we have these two planets forming such a lovely aspect, the positive potential is that we can get things started. We can get going. We can put ourselves out there in a way that actually it reflects a healthy ego not at the expense of others. A healthy ego is not no ego. A healthy ego allows you to take up space, to move confidently forward or boldly forward or meekly forward, but forward nonetheless. 
it allows us to take ownership of our own bodies. It allows us to take ownership of our choices and our lives. Having a healthy ego is a big, beautiful thing. And when our ego is unhealthy, we don't take up enough space or we take up too much space. We take up space defensively or at the expense of others. So this transit's actually really helpful in engaging your ego in a healthy, constructive way. Yay. It's also really helpful if you've been like, I want to get involved in something. I want to start something new. Uranus is an innovator. So it's a great transit for helping you in doing that. On the 22nd, the sun will form a sextile to Uranus. So these transits will overlap each other, reinforcing the strength and the vibrancy of both of them. Don't you like it when I have good news? Isn't this good news? I think it's very good news. We need a little vibrancy and strength, don't we? So this is, again, with sextiles. Sextiles are 60-degree angles. Trines are 120. With sextiles and trines, nothing is going to force your hand. The only thing that forces your hand is difficult. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. I just report them. So you've got to use this energy. You've got to choose this moment. Choose yourself. Choose your own happiness. What are you willing to experience? What are you willing to engage with? Are you interested in looking for the yes in this moment? I mean, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Can you find the yes in what you're doing? And if you can't, Can you say yes to yourself that you're going to commit to trying later or that you're going to make changes so that your life better reflects a yes? So the sun sextile to Uranus is not dissimilar from the Mars trine to Uranus in that it is good for fortifying your selfhood. And it's really good for engaging or activating something of yourself in your life. The sun is the will and Mars is the ego. They're not quite the same, but they really have a lot of similarities, right? So this is a nice fortifying time. If you've been feeling exhausted or off, this is a great day to get into some light physical activity. This is just a great time to engage your body, you know, to just really activate it. Maybe maybe that's sexy for you. Maybe that's, you know, going to the gym. Maybe that's taking a walk. Maybe that's just parking further from work so that you're forced to walk a little further or taking the stairs instead of the elevator. It doesn't really matter. Of course, some things are more constructive or useful than others, but do what works for your life and feel good about whatever it is you do, okay? I don't mean that in a Pollyanna way. I mean, if you do something for yourself, even if it's smaller than you think someone else is doing, feel good about it. A forward step is a forward step. It's a step forward. Feel good about that. Now, my loves, that is a quick and dirty, a short and sweet horoscope for you this week. And I really hope that you are taking beautiful care of your hearts and parts. I also want to really thank everybody who has written a review for my book, Astrology for Real Relationships. If you haven't yet, for a first-time author, it makes a huge difference. Really, it does in the world that is not my world of publishing and things and things and things. And, you know, uh, L.A., I got something cooking for you. You know I do. Save the date, March 19th, 2020. I'm going to be doing a live event. Announcements coming soon. And San Francisco and Bay Area. I've got a bunch of stuff happening in the month of March. You can go to my website at lovelaniato.com slash events to get all the 411. And if you're like a real astrology nerd student, Seattle. I'm going to be speaking in May at Norwalk. It's an astrology conference. And San Francisco, I'm going to be speaking in March at a different astrology conference for International Astrology Day. So much astrology, nothing but time. Every year they say the end is near, but
we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.